So mirror work is taking a long, hard look at yourself and communicating with you and your image and your body. And when I have guests on my podcasts and I ask them kind of like what their body would say about them if they had to describe them or if they went out to dinner with their body, what question would their body ask them? You know, like I know my body would be like, what the fuck? Like lighten up. Like I'm, I'm great. I show up every day. Like love me. Stop saying nasty things to me. Do you know how many more nasty things you say to me than loving things? Now, that's not what my body would say today, but that's what my body would have said to me for most of my life. So there was healing. And I should add, along with the peace, the joy, and the magic in mirror work, there's also healing. So when there are things that we don't like, right, there's fear and there's love. We've talked about that dumbing down the human emotions. Those are those two states. So when there are things you don't like, it's a state of fear. So I know I used to, when I looked in the mirror, I would like look as much as I needed to, internalize how unhappy I was with what I saw. And then I would always do this like, like this wave with my hand and like this quick exhale, this thoughtless exhale that was my running away from all of those feelings and my not giving them room and space and doing the work. And it wasn't until I worked with so many women in coaching who had these similar emotions that I was like, oh my gosh, holy cow, holy shit, excuse me for not cursing. Holy shit, like I I have this baggage too. I'm carrying this around with me. This is like the term baggage is very real. Like this is heavy and it's causing damage, physical damage, this mental baggage. You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. Hello and welcome back. Today we are going to do some mirror work. So by the end of this episode, I will be fully naked in your brain. Well, maybe I won't, but you might be ready to be fully naked in your brain. In another episode, I'm going to get fully naked in your brain. So there's always something to look for here on this show. But in all seriousness, mirror work is huge. It's been a game changer for me. And primarily because it's a practice in which you can find joy, which is pretty fucking important. You can find peace, another important thing. And a little magic. There is definitely magic in mirror work. And um, I'll say it again. My goal is to unite the woman you are today in this moment exactly, 100% as you are in this moment with that woman that you have always known you were meant to be. So it's not like we're ditching who you are today. We're going to love her and we're going to incorporate everything she wants and in the process maybe figure out what she, you, they want to shed. But it's all done through love. So mirror work is taking a long, hard look at yourself and communicating with you and your image and your body. And when I have guests on my podcasts and I ask them 
kind of like what their body would say about them if they had to describe them or if they went out to dinner with their body, what question would their body ask them? You know, like I know my body would be like, what the fuck? Like lighten up. Like I'm, I'm great. I show up every day. Like love me. Stop saying nasty things to me. Do you know how many more nasty things you say to me than loving things? Now that's not what my body would say today, but that's what my body would have said to me for most of my life. I am thrilled to introduce you to my newest course, Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. Your love centers are the main areas in your life that you put your energy into. Our goal together is to encompass these centers with conscious, compassionate self-love so that this boundless and self-expanding love can grow into the life we have always known we were meant to live. Someone once asked me, what are you waiting for? This one question sparked a light in my soul. At the time, I was living unconsciously, without intention, without awareness, without love or balance. Bringing conscious, compassionate self-love to our love centers allows us to identify where we are placing our energy and where we need or want fulfillment. Now I ask you, what are you waiting for? Join me. Join me inside of Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. So there was healing. And I should add, along with the peace, the joy, and the magic in mirror work, there's also healing. So when there are things that we don't like, right? There's fear and there's love. We've talked about that, dumbing down the human emotions. Those are those two states. So when there are things you don't like, it's a state of fear. So I know I used to, when I looked in the mirror, I would like look as much as I needed to, internalize how unhappy I was with what I saw. And then I would always do this like, like this wave with my hand and like this quick exhale, this thoughtless exhale that was my running away from all of those feelings and my not giving them room and space and doing the work. And it wasn't until I worked with so many women in coaching who had these similar emotions that I was like, oh my gosh, holy cow, holy shit, excuse me for not cursing. Holy shit, like I I have this baggage too. I'm carrying this around with me. This is like the term baggage is very real. Like this is heavy and it's causing damage, physical damage, this mental baggage. So I looked, I started learning about mirror work. So imagine if you were to get married to someone who you had on your, like your deepest level, you had a loathing of, you weren't connected to. And there was all of this stuff that you hadn't addressed, all of these feelings. Like, would that be a marriage that was loving, that promoted growth and free communication? Would it be a marriage of like unlimited potential? Like, no, it would, it would always be shackled by this like underlying neg negativity at its core. And a lot of us are having a relationship with ourselves that's deeply rooted in this like secret loathing. And we put on a good face for ourselves and others when we go out in the world. But, you know, the, the statistics, which I won't bore you with, they're out there. And I've, I've listed them before. The statistics with how women interact and feel about their bodies, whether they're like eight years old or 80 years old, are shocking. Shocking, shocking, shocking. So you may be one of those women. Statistically, you likely are. I was. I am not anymore. If you can find respect, love, connection, and empathy for yourself 
and your image is what we're talking about in particular here, it expands out to all other relationships. Benjamin Franklin once said, he that falls in love with himself will have no rivals. And I'm going to update that to she who falls in love with herself will have no rivals. Now, what does that mean? It means that once you connect with the fact that there is only one you, only one, you can't compare yourself to anyone else. Obviously, you know, you might be shorter or taller than others. Like there are, you can pick yourself apart and say this is different than someone else, but the culmination of all of the parts that are you is unique. It is you. There is no one else. So competition is totally fucking irrelevant. When you operate from a place that I am an individual, I am me, this is what I have, this is my, this is me. It's not that everyone else doesn't matter. It's that you're so aware and in love with. That's self-love. You know, you have such a healthy relationship and understanding of who you are. You've done the work. You've looked in the mirror. You've done the emotional steps to understand and love who you are. You've taken my courses. And you are so aware of who that woman is that you can delight in the attributes of others without it having any threatening effects on you. And I would say, if you're not there yet and there's a woman that you're jealous of, notice that. Like, why? What does she have that you want? Is that something that is a SMART goal for you? By SMART, I mean specific, action-oriented, realistic, specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and time-based thing that you can do? I mean, if you look at a woman and you're like, oh my gosh, she's like 12 inches taller than I am. I mean, that's, you're going to have to let that one go. You're going to have to, you're going to have to meditate on that and recognize that you are, in my case, I am, I am five foot four, I think. Sometimes I'm like a, a little bigger, sometimes a little smaller. I'm not, never gotten a straight answer on how tall I am, but that's my height. And let's say I wanted to always be six feet tall. What would I do in that situation? I would meditate on loving my height. I would look in the mirror and, and notice my strength. And I would make a commitment. I would write a mantra. I love that I am 5'4". I am blessed to be 5'4". I want to be 5'4". And I would write down the height of six foot on a piece of paper, and I would burn it. I would burn it in a little dish and let it go. That's just one example of some of the work that I have done and I, I continue to do when there's something that I can't control that I've been trying to control or that I've been having angst and agitation over. So reconnecting with yourself. As we've spoken about, you really you can't give love that you don't have. So reconnecting with yourself strengthens the, your ability to love and exist with other people. I experienced this first time with my husband when I made my amends to him when I got sober. I was able to say, look, I never fully gave all of myself to you because I didn't know what I was giving. Like I didn't know what to give, who I was. And then when I connected with myself, I was able to give parts of myself to him, not all of myself, but I was able to love and be loved. So let's go back to how 
lucky we are to be here and what a gift you and all of your individual characteristics are. So I've said this also before, but when you do the stats on how likely you are to be born, that like your parents met at the right time, their parents, their parents, and their parents, like all the right people for like the last forever met to make you, you know, that those choices were made. When you run the mathematical statistics of being born and you round them to the nearest number, it's zero. So there's like a 0% chance that you exist. But yet you do. So I'd like to present you with the like winner of the major lottery, which is life, and that's you. And so we're so lucky to have it. Let's embrace it. And I know there are cynics out there who are like, you know, life is hard. Life sucks. You know, like, I'm not lucky. Like, why the fuck am I here? And like, if you know, if that's your resonating energy, this might not be the best podcast for you or... I would say, like, imagine a world where we all thought like you. Like, where would that get us? And I invite you to get on the bandwagon of, like, let's all move the needle positively forward. Like, imagine the domino effect of everyone committing to self-love and the way that needle would move and the way the confidence and the awareness, the conscious, compassionate self-love that people in the world could go out with and, and it would emanate from them. It would be shared. The love would be shared. Gwyneth Paltrow once said, it's finally when you let go of what people expect you to be and people's perceptions of you that you're able to be the version of yourself that you're supposed to be. Like in God's eyes, it doesn't matter if you're half crazy or eccentric or whatever it is, that you have to be true to who you were born to be. So, In mirror work, you're embracing the visual. You're embracing who you are, your exterior is. You're going to go inside too, but you're embracing that exterior, which is so hard for so many women. And the reason this work is not selfish is, again, because once you do this, you spread the love. Your energy and your vibration, when you are out in the world, attracts other people who are looking for it. So basic mirror work, I would say you just start looking at your face. So obviously, if you're driving, I hate when people say this on podcasts, like if you're driving, obviously don't do this right now. Like, yes, like if you're on the highway, like don't just like pull up a mirror and stop driving. It seems so stupid. Anyway, if you're driving, don't do this. Wait till later, but go to the mirror, all right? And we're going to use my name in this workshop because I'm talking, but obviously you're not going to look in the mirror and say, I love you, Sophie. You're going to look in the, unless your name is Sophie, you're going to look in the mirror and say, I love you, Brunhilda, or whatever your name is. And if your name is Brunhilda, like reach out to me because that has always been like my go-to insert other name here. Like whenever any of my friends are pregnant with girls, I'm like, how's Brunhilda? It's just like my go-to girl name. So I want to meet you. So I love you, Sophie. Now, if that first step doesn't feel right, you can go one step, not back in a bad way, but like one step towards readiness, back towards readiness. I want to love you, Sophie. I want to love you, Sophie. I love you, Sophie. I am safe and loved here with you.
do that. Do that repeatedly. In the morning or whenever it suits you. I don't need to tell you what time of day to do your work, but get in front of the mirror and do that. Commit to your words. Commit to speaking kindly and loving to yourself in that day. I want to love you, Sophie. I love you, Sophie. I am safe and loved here with you. I am committed to loving and leading with love. These are the phrases that have worked for me and worked for other people with whom I've worked. Obviously, you can, if you want to write your own, you can. What's important is that you make that commitment. And when you walk away, you no longer are allowed, like this is a rule, you are no longer allowed to treat yourself shittily. Now, what does that mean? That means that, okay, you're in the mirror, you're telling yourself you love your face, but, you know, to your face that you love yourself. But then when you're walking out the door, you're like, oh my God, these pants, I look horrible in these pants. Okay, in that moment, you have made that thought, I look horrible in these pants. Right then and there, notice how that makes you feel. Compare that to how you felt when you were doing the loving workshop with the mirror, right? Try to tap into that mirror work. Try to tap into that higher vibration and say, no, I'm not going to speak to myself that way. I'm sorry. And I love you. Pants, legs, I love you. Like for instance, we've all had like that period in our life where like we had like the really bad haircut. For me, it was when Madonna came out with the Who's That Girl movie. I don't know if you remember, it was right after she got like all jacked and muscular and she had it was almost like a grandma. It was almost like a Golden Girls Betty White kind of hair hairdo. Rest in peace, Betty. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted Madonna's Who's That Girl haircut. And <laughs> it was really bad. First of all, like my dad took me down to his hairdresser, Henri, who I think lived in like Hell's Kitchen, to his apartment. And Henri being my father's wonderful hairdresser didn't want to like hurt my hair so we didn't go full bleached so it was just sort of like this very awkward blonde and then I got like the short hairdo but I didn't understand that like first of all I I missed the mark with the color so like there there was no chance and then add on the styling that I was unaware of and incapable of doing I just had this like the closest thing to an afro that I'll ever have um it was it was pretty horrible. And I had braces, so that was awesome. And when I look at those pictures of myself, you know, I let it go. I let it go because, like, I was growing up and I was learning. And I can see, like, that it's just – it's kind of funny. So, like, I didn't have to hold on to that. It's not like I cut my hair and it was that way forever. So you can look back on, like, a bad haircut and some of these things that we've done to ourselves emotionally and be like, okay, I did that. Like, I get it. And there are reasons why I did it. The reasons why I got that ridiculous haircut was because I really desperately wanted to look like Madonna. It didn't, it was not ever going to happen, but it's fine. It's where I was in that time. And I moved on. Had I stayed with that haircut for like the next 30 years, Houston, we would have a problem. Like it, it wouldn't have been a good looking thing. So like you don't have to stay committed to these decisions and these ideas and these choices that you've 
told yourself and the way you've behaved, it's okay to change. And changing the way you feel about yourself starts with changing the way you think about yourself. So when you're looking in the mirror, you are building up that muscle of changing the way you think about your physical self. You think about that exterior. And you can build up to this. Like if you watch people get in the ocean, like some people run and dive in. Some people like want to get their toes in and slowly like work up to it. So like if just looking at your face right now for the next six months, for the next year is all you want to do, that is a fucking incredible start. And I commend you because it's not easy. The next step is getting in front of a mirror. Well, okay, that's like such a typical Sophie. Like, we're going to go to zero from zero to like 8,000. No. The, the like, if this is like 101 looking in the mirror, it's the beginning. Like your final course in mirror work, let's say, is to be completely naked in front of the mirror, to take your clothes off and stand in front of a big mirror, the bigger, the better, and to look at all of yourself. I like to start at the tips of my toes and I like to work up my body. And I'll do this in another podcast. I'm going to walk you through like what it looks like when I, what it sounds like when I'm not going to show you what it looks like. Actually, I would, but I don't think you want to see it. Um, what it sounds like to do this exercise. I will do that. But what you do with your face is you start with your feet, right? I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry for X, Y, Z that I said about you. I'm committed to loving you going forward. Like, hello, feet. Thank you for carrying me since my first step. Thank you for being there every morning when I get out of bed. Like, thank you for putting up with some of the fucking crazy shoes I shoved you into. And like, thank you for healing when I was hurt or when I was hustling. When you were hailed, you showed up. Like, thank you, New York City feet. Always. You're always ready to walk more. And I'm so happy that you're mine and you're part of this body, this team. Thank you. So you start your mirror work with like a handful of really easy to write down and post to your mirror mantras. And you can eventually go into having full dialogues with your body. And there are parts of your body, like say you really have struggled to love your feet. Does it have bunions, warts, stubby toes? Are they too fat? Are they too thin for you? Are they too pointy? Like we can compile a list of endless complaints. But most of us have a body that's been ready to show up and serve us. So like our physical nuances, as I said, they make up who we are. So to continue to send them hate and vitriol is, is not going to do anything but make you feel horrible. And let's remember Let's remember the important fact that there are billions of dollars being spent annually to convince you that you need to change, to convince you that you're not enough so that you will spend money. And I know I've mentioned it so many times, but it bears repeating because it's this big fucking elephant in the room. It's a big obstacle and they're not going to stop because when you found a way to make money, you keep going. Making money is hard. So it's up to us. It's up to us. And you can start by doing this mirror work, loving yourself, seeing yourself as someone worthy of your love so that you can flourish and fly. Through self-love, you unite the woman you are today with the woman you have always wanted to be. So when you're ready, start at the toes, 
and make your way all the way to the tippy, tippy top of your amazing, unique, and fucking lucky to be here body. If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.